Well, Dennis has already um, uh, told you the uh, title of our teaching this morning. Um, <clears throat> I really had a hard time trying to determine which way to go with this teaching because over the last, I don't know, four or five days, you know, whenever you, whenever you teach something, it's good to go back and, and reflect on it and um, see if there might be anything further. And so the things that the Lord's been putting in my heart during the time that I have here has been really, you know, different strategies that the enemy is um, releasing into our world and uh, how he's using many different types of voices to um, demonically speak about his agenda. And they don't mind telling you, um, and they don't mince words. They just, it's so direct and in your face. And so I, I was studying, I've been studying about the false prophet, not false prophecy, but the actual false prophet in the book of Revelation in conjunction with um, the three-headed monster. I mean, you know, you got the enemy, the beast, and the false prophet, not a prophet, the false prophet, but the one where false prophecy actually He's the embodiment of false prophecy. And I know, I know the enemy realm is all about, um, you know, falsehoods, lies. And so I'm not saying, I'm just saying that. Um, so I started studying about um, the false prophet. And as I began to do that, I started thinking about some things that have happened over the last couple of weeks. In as it relates to um, the power of our words. And <clears throat> I kind of shared a little bit about this. Was it last Sunday morning during the um, taking up of the uh, tithe and offering? And I'm going to kind of go back and revisit that just a minute because it's so important. Um, I don't think any, any one of us in this room want to be responsible for the death of another person. I don't think anybody wants to get up here and start speaking and people start dying like Ananias and Sapphira. But that actually happened in the early church. And it's linked to lies and lying to specific members of the Godhead. So, and this just came this morning as I was, as I was looking over uh, my notes this morning. And... A couple of weeks ago, I was in, um, I was at one of the da most dangerous prisons in the United States, uh, Leavenworth in Kansas, and it's rough. <laughs> I mean, it is very, very rough, and I was in the midst of a bunch of, in the middle of this um, maximum security area, you walk in, and not that anybody in this room has been in prison, but you've seen pictures and things like that. I've actually been in many of them over the last year. Um, and as I walked in to, they call it the day area, there's these metal cages just all in the middle of the, the day area. And then there's a second tier above. And all these criminals, um, I'm sure they, they're the, the hardest of the hardest. I'm sure there were murderers, rapists, I mean, um, you, you name it. They all just start swarming around me. And I don't, there's no fear. I don't, 
I didn't feel any fear because what I was, what we do is we bring tablets into them to connect them to their family and friends on the outside. So they love us. Um, so anyway, they all gathered around a little table there, and I um, had a little teaching time. And they're very attentive and listening, and I know that's kind of hard to imagine, but you can imagine being locked up for 15 months, not even being able to talk or see any of your family members. So you're, they're, you're bringing in some technology where they can do video visits back and forth and talk to their, their family and friends, so they're very excited. And so I'm in there, and I'm, I'm teaching them. I'm in the midst of the, the prison house. The Scripture talks about that in the Old Testament. And... You know, in the beginning, I, I really hadn't, you, you know when the Lord's leading you into something, but you really don't know all the details. And as you continue to just obey, you, you see his, his hand in everything you're doing. We don't always, in fact, I don't think I've ever known all the details. But when, when I took this job, I knew that it had opened up for me to go in and to um, I didn't know I was going to be in, you know, over 20 or 25 prisons already in about a span of a year. Um, and it's been great. Um, so I'm in the midst of this in prison-like environment. And teaching prisoners, I mean, just that whole concept. You know, we, you, you read the book of Isaiah, and he talks about, um, prisoners. Paul talks about being a prisoner under, under the Lord. And these, these guys, and there's a lot of ladies, and there's all ages. I mean, there's some that are like 18. There's some that are like 70. And like some guys in wheelchairs, some amputees, double amputees. I'm thinking, what in the world did you do to deserve this? You just start thinking these things. But, um, you know, most I had never been in a prison before. I didn't know what it was like. So I just kind of go in there. Um, you know, we've got prison, we've got guards with us and uh, all kinds of weapons that they carry, too. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but, and we're getting to this because these, these prisoners, they're there for a reason. They tend to lie a lot to, to, to get what they want. Uh, boy, is that happening all around us. Um, so there's this one security guy. There's a welder in there. He's having to do some work on one of the, um, one of the doors where some of them don't even see the light of day. And so he's standing there. He's got this really, really unique weapon. It's, it's, it's a gun, but it's got a giant um, um, container on the end of it. And I walk over to him, and I said, hey, what, what is that weapon you've got there? And it's a, um, um, it's, it's a mace gun. Gun. Not just the mace you have on your, on, in your, you know, your, your purse. or I mean, this is an actual gun that will shoot all the way across the day area. And he said, yeah, he said, when we bring these out, Every one of these prisoners run, and, you know, if they're doing a count, they run back into their cells because they don't want to get shot with that thing. And so I'm in this environment. It's very, very um, evil. I mean, and, and I, when I'm there, I don't, I know the evil is present, but for some reason, the Spirit of God doesn't let me um, get soiled by all of the evil. You know what I'm saying? He protects us. There's times where where we walk through things you know, on an individual level where he just pulls back everything and you sense it, you see it, and you're just like, 
freaking out. Okay, that's what it starts initially. But in this case, that's not what he's doing. There's a shield and there's a protective measure of his spirit covering me in this environment. And I'm grateful for that. Otherwise, my senses would be going haywire. But you go into some of these some of these day areas and and you talk to these gentlemen and they've some of them are there they've just made bad choices it's not that they're idiots some of them are very very intelligent some i've talked to are software developers i mean they're they're really <laughs> you it, it's amazing to me and they just gotten caught so you'll go in there and you'll hear you'll hear all kinds of 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 chatter and and um they'll they'll say They'll be your best friend. You know, I walked up to one guy, sailed. He's locked in. He can't even get out. He's locked up 24-7. And so I've got a tablet in my hand. And he's like, hey, hey, give me that. You know, I want, can I have that tablet? And I'm like, no, I can't let you take it into your, your cell. And so I start stepping away. He was my best friend until I started stepping away. And then he just starts railing me. Ah, oh, you that I just F this and that. I mean, just so spewing all this poison. So as long as I was next to him, boy, I was his best friend because he could see everything. And But the minute I walked away and turned my back, it was an all-out war. And so I'm, I'm connecting this to the lies. Our country and the church, I'm not just going to, this, this is in the church too. They are believing lies. And we're going to look at what this what this means. And this came to me as I was studying about the false prophet. And I was studying about the enemy, how the enemy. Now, I, pastor's taught a lot about, and he's written uh, the, the book on the fallen one, about the enemy and strategies. And, you know, there's some people that when you start talking about the enemy, they think you're glorifying the enemy. No, no, no. We are, we are not glorifying the enemy. But we're not either. We're not just going to sit back and let the enemy just have his way, right? We are not ignorant of satanic devices. Most of the church falls in that category of being ignorant of his devices. And then they want to point a finger and go, well, you're glorifying the enemy. No, we're exposing the lies and the errors of the enemy. And I know when I say the church is believing lies, how, how do I know that? What, what proof do we have? Well, just... Start talking to them about the deep things of God. I mean, start talking to them about divers' tongues, and then you'll start to find out they have no clue what that is. We all experience that. But the church needs to really wake up to the truth because there are enough lies out there that it's just, it's, you know, we, we talk about the, the, the river of life, right, that flows down from the throne into this into our sanctuary and, and into the nation of this world. And, but the enemy, he's got some rivers too. And it, one of them is the river of lies, rivers of lies. Um, and there are some people that take refuge and shelter in lies. You know, that's a scriptural principle. And I'm not going to get into all, all of that, but I, I've studied all through the Old Testament, all through the New Testament, this, this, this business of lies. And back in 1987, here it goes, Scott, there was a group, Fleetwood Mac, that published it in 1987, Tell Me Lies, Tell Me Sweet Little Lies. You guys probably remember that one. 
Well, here's the truth for all of us. A lie is a lie. There's nothing sweet about it. There's nothing little about it. It's not white. <laughs> white lies. It, it's none of that. It is a lie. So what I want to do this morning is I want you to look. We're going to look together at this term lies in the New Testament. Now, I am not going to bore you, but I could... Um, hopefully it's not boring, but here's these are things that I just wrote down this morning studying in, in the Hebrew words for, for lies. Um, there's many, many different other things I'm going to uh, study with this, and I don't know, I might teach about it later on, but there's a verse of Scripture that I want us to read to start this thing, and it's in Isaiah chapter 9. I've got it on my smartphone here. This is absolutely incredible, what, what the Lord is saying in this, through Isaiah to, now I know he's addressing his people, the Israelites, okay? And so we equate the Israelites, they, they are his chosen, original chosen people, but in our day, we need to take the principles and apply them to um, where we are as a people. We need to apply them to the church, and so as we look at this, I want to start reading in verse. Now, I'm not going to go back and read everything here. We're going to start in verse 13. For the people turns not unto him that smiles, neither do they seek Yahweh of hosts. Therefore, Yahweh will cut off from Israel the head and the tail, branch and rush in one day. Verse 15, here's the verse that I want us to really see. But he, the ancient and the honorable, he is the head. And the prophet that teach lies, he is the tail. We are coming into days very soon where God is going to step in and he is going to sever the head and the tail of people that are not moving on his behalf. And he specifically says, if you remember the teaching, the ancient teachings that Pastor did many, many months ago, ancient here just does not refer to old age. It refers to someone that is operating in a mature fashion or should be. And then the word for honorable here, I've never seen this before, is the word for face of God. Honorable, he said he's going to cut off the head, the 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 individuals that should be operating in a mature fashion and those that should be moving when the face of the Lord moves directionally, he said, that is the head. I'm going to cut that off. Because why? They are not seeking after the Lord of hosts. And then he carries it. And then he said, I'm going I'm to deal with the prophets. They call themselves prophets. And there's 15 million prophets in this earth. Just pull up Facebook. Everybody's brand, I'm a prophet. Oh, I'm an apostle. And you look at the words that they give, and you look at the content of what's shared, and you're thinking, you think, just because I'm, God is, he, he's getting fed up with how things are occurring and that are not lining up with his time frame and his plan, and the enemy's doing everything he can to try to stop. He can't do that. He's disrupting He's inserting, he's, the enemy's removing people and setting people up with his agenda. 
God is not going to stand for that. And I, I don't know when he's going to start doing this, but there are death-like consequences coming to people that are, get in the way of the eternal plan of God. And we are going to be um, spokesmen and women of that. We are going to stand and we are going to speak truth to our neighbors and to everyone that we're sent to. And as we do that, God is going to do some incredible things and he is going to cut off the heads and he's going to deal with prophets that are that are saying they're speaking truth when they're speaking lies he's going to cut off voices that say they're sent from him and he says i didn't send them they're speaking false lies they're speaking false dreams things that they've conjured up in their own heart these are all scripture from ezekiel and jeremiah we need to go back and read these this we are in a serious time frame and I'm telling all of us, including myself, we have the spirit of truth inside us. There, the days are gone where we can just sit back and just pray, pray, pray. That We need to pray, don't get me wrong. But we are being called to come to the forefront and speak his truth to this nation in the face of opposition, in the face of scorpions, in the face of thorn-like individuals. And as we do that, the results are going to be dire. So, it kind of gives us a new, gives me a new perspective on the ancient and the honorable here. <laughs> we are those that are that are mature. We are those that, when the face of God turns, we turn with Him. Right, whatever He's directing His face towards, He's directing His entire countenance towards His eyes, everything about who He is. And that's, that's the way we need to be moving, right? And that's what we've been taught. But in this case, he said, they're not seeking me. I'm going to cut off that head, and I'm going to deal with that prophetic tale. And you think about a tale. Why, why is he equating the, the prophet that's speaking lies to the tale? Well, the tale can do a lot of things, but it's the, one of the things that stands out to me is that the tale is what provides movement and, and direction and um, can also be used as a, as, as a weapon, as it were, you know, depending on how big the tail is. So we, we have been very gifted, and, and I know we all realize that, this, but the enemy is speaking very loudly in our day. He doesn't, he is not going to remain silent. He tries to silence us just like he did with John the Baptist by decapitating the man that was the voice of one crying in the wilderness. I mean, he really wanted to absolutely silence the prophetic voice of God through that voice of one. He's not going to be able to do that to us. God will not stand for it. And, and as we think about those two witnesses again, those are the days that we are living in. And it's, I'm not bragging at all. Again, I started all this by saying none of us, none of us wants to speak. Fire comes out and consumes enemies, right? That's what's going to happen. Those are the days that we're living in. And people think they're, 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 there's going to be no gray area here. It's either whose side are you on, the Lord's or the enemy. That's it. And, and that's all part of that, that end-time teaching, too, where... You're either going to accept the mark or you're not. 
You're either going to work, proscuneo God or you're going to proscuneo the enemy. And I'm telling you right now, there are so many people influenced in the church by false teaching, false doctrines that are demonic in nature. And I mentioned one of them standing up there and on that podium. I'm telling you, I'm, I have never, and I, I bet pastors say the same thing. I have never seen an angel that looks, in the, looks like a little form of a cloud. <laughs> These people are crazy. They're nuts. Yeah, they come with different colors, the rainbow, but, I mean, Jesus comes riding on a cloud, right? He's riding on the horse. He's not the horse. Where do they get this craziness? We need to speak truth to our neighbor. To me, the neighbors, anybody that, that you are around or that's within close proximity to you, our neighbor isn't just, well, that's my, oh, I need to tell Richard the truth or the one that's right next to me and reach out and touch his house. No, no, no. The neighbor is somebody that's close to us. And that could be proximity or relationship. So basically, huh, I think it just means we speak truth wherever we go and to whomever we're, we're associating with. We haven't even moved into any verses here other than the one on the phone here. So we will, and it's okay. I mean, the Scripture is packed with this, th these insights. I mean, I, I am amazed at, um, and, and the continuity from the, Hebrew, from the Old Testament all the way into the New. And so with that in mind, we're going to look at one primary um, um, Greek word, and it's the word pseudos. Now, I've also got pseudomai, so, and that's the root word of pseudos, but we're primarily going to be focused on pseudos, which is just it references a falsehood of some sort. Now, when you think about that term, we, we use it in our language today. We use it as a, um, there, there's a term, uh, a pseudonym, okay? If you, if you look up that word, a pseudonym is some, something that you're, someone or something that's acting under a pretended um, uh, pretense. It's a false pretense. And that's what pseudos really means here. It, it's a falsehood that's presented. So how does someone, we'll, we'll kind of talk about this. How, how does someone get to a point where they believe a lie? Now, belief alone Belief alone is like the noun form. Believe is the verb form. So it's kind of like faith without works is dead. Okay? You tell me, you're, you, if we say we have faith in God, then our works will actively show that we have faith in what God is telling us to do, right? There's a lot of folks out there. They just play word games. They just, oh, I, oh have faith. What does that mean? You don't even know what it You can tell people don't know what it means just by the way they say it. Because they turn around and what faith said over here, they do just the opposite, right? People in our government do it all the time. And I'm not anti-government, but I am anti-them um, trying to stop the move of the Lord from going forward. And they are. <laughs> Whether they recognize it or not, they are under the influence of demonic forces that are expert in, in causing them to believe a lie and then to speak the lie. So believing it is internalizing it, and then declaring it is just influencing everybody else with it. And our government 
is actively doing this. Now, recently, we've been watching a couple of new series, television series on Hulu. And one of them, and this is not the gospel. I'm just trying to bring some principles out here. I am in no way saying like some politicians where we need to revert to violence. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is there are some shows out there that are depicting exactly some of the insights that I'm talking about going on within the highest levels of our government. And this particular show we've been watching is called Blind Spot. And it is so, so intriguing. And it's so... Um, it includes the FBI, the CIA, and all the, all the uh, high-level, um, yes, and including the President of the United States. And it's a very intriguing um, detailing of corruption at the highest level. And then there's these other groups that rise up, and they're opposing the anti-corruption, and they're reverting to the greater good in the name of violence to try to expose the corruption. I'm, I'm not saying we do that. But I can, I can kind of understand why people get upset about governments. I'm not saying the violence is okay, but I get it. Why should the guy, I'm just posing these questions. And this is going to lies here. Why should the government, Monica's giving me them looks. <laughs> Why, no. Why should, for example, let's say, let's say you own property and you, make, you sell it and you make, you make a, a substantial profit. Why should the government get extra money on something they didn't own? There's something not right about that. That's all I'm saying. There's corruption throughout our government. There's corruption at, at, at the highest level, the local level. Everywhere we go, there's corruption all around us. Humanity has this corrupt nature. We all have it, even as born-again Christians. Paul talked about it. He talked about it being a war on the inside. So we are not, If we're not careful, we ourselves can believe a lie. I know I, I, even saying that, so I'm not saying any of us are, are um, exempt. I mean, there used to be people that used to sit in these chairs. If you would ask them 20 years ago that they were going to be removed, yeah, oh, no, it'll never happen, right? And then it happens. So as we go through this, just think about the application of this. Think about how it applies to your daily, your daily life. Just going to work every day. Discerning a lie. Somebody speaking something that's not associated with the truth. Detect it. And then say something that is truth-laden right back. And that's how we, we speak the truth in love. So in John 8, I want to look at, we all should know the source of lies. It has nothing to do with a human being. 
lies stem from the enemy himself. And Jesus says it in John 8, verses 44 and 45. Now, these are very direct words here to those that should have been the leaders of the day. He says, you are of your father, the devil. And the lust or the inner longing that you have of your father, you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, or the arche, the, the man killer from the very beginning, and he abode not in the truth, or the aletheia, because there is no aletheia in him. The enemy will never speak anything that's associated with the aletheia, because when he, when he failed and he decided he was going to go after mankind from the very arche, then that's when his corrupt nature, he was thrown down, and his corrupt nature, as well as the third of the angels that he convinced, became very, very corrupt. And then it says, and when he speaks a pseudos, when he speaks a lie, something that's um, a false pretense, and he utters that, he, he speaks it. He didn't just, hmm, I'm going to meditate on lies. He speaks, it's not associated it's, it's his own, for he is, he is a liar, and that's another word, that just, uh, the falsifier, and that's used ten times, and he's the father of it. And he says, and because I, Jesus says, because I tell you the aletheia, you believe me not. So he's specifically taking us to the source of all eyes. And he's telling the individuals that are there that they are following after their father, the enemy, the devil. We are going to have confrontations like this. Now, we may not say it like this in King James, but we, you can still say the same thing using your own personality and using your own voice. When we hear, when, we hear, when, we, when we're talking with individuals, at this stage in the game on the timeline, we need to hone in on the words that are being released and the spirit by which it's being spoken. And, and that's the things we need to be able to recognize and go, that's truth, that's lies, and we need to speak against it. And, you, you know, you may say, hey, you're of your father the devil. I don't know. God may, but I've never said it quite like that. <laughs> but the point is, is truth will reign, not lies. And we have the spirit, the, the, the part of who God is in, in the aletheia inside of us. Don't, we, don't, we need to be very, very brave. We need to be bold. We need, in the face of opposition, in the face of people that have other agendas, and I'm not going to go carry that too far, but we, in a sense, we need to... We need to be proud of who we are in the Lord, and we need to let people know about it. I don't mean it pride in the sense of goes before fall. I'm just saying we need, to, we need to value the things that God values that he's put inside of us because it's him. And we represent him on this earth. Now, we all know this next passage here, Romans 1. Verses 19 through 27. There are some very interesting things that I want to pull out as we go through this. And this, the focus of this is not 
the homosexuality message that's here, even though it's there, we're going to look in verse 19. Because that which is, may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. No excuses. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Wait a minute. They knew God at one point, right? And then he says, but in the midst of that knowing him, they didn't glorify him as Theos. That sounds really mixed up, doesn't it? it is, and it is. Neither were they thankful or, or Eucharistia, but became vain. And that word for vain there just means they, they begin to operate foolishly or wickedly or, 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 or idolatrously in their imaginations. The imaginations where, where we kind of uh, deliberate and we think about things internally, where we reflect in our own minds, they, they, they became very um, uh, vain in that part of their, their mind. And their foolish heart was darkened or scotizoed. It was it was became obscured. Everything became unclear. It was cloudy. Professing themselves to be wise. That's pretty haughty, isn't it? Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And they changed, and that's that's the word to make make different the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man, to birds, four-footed beasts, and creeping things. And at that point in verse 24, here comes a major shift or transition. And it's based off the actions of the people. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness. And that word should really ring a bell with all of us. If you keep studying it, it goes back and it, it, it traces back to being um, unclean. The unclean type spirits, and, and the word here is impurities. They became very unclean through their lust, their inner longings for something that's a lot of times is forbidden of their own hearts. And then they started to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Now, here's another change that comes. This is a different word here. Who changed, and that word for change there means to exchange something for something else. What, what did they exchange? The truth, the aletheia of God into a lie, pseudos, something that was false. Remember, they knew God at some point, but somewhere along the way, their uncleanness and their own inner longings for other things begin to take over. God recognizes that and he sees it and he just sits down, right, and does nothing. No. It says he left them, he gave them over to, to operate in impurities and he gave them the lust and the inner longings that were inside them. And when they did that, they stepped away and gave, they, they, they exchanged the, the truth of God, and then it became something that was false. And then not only that, but they worshiped. That's not proscuneo. just means a word to, to revere or to uh, adoration. And then, and then also they served the creature more than the creator. 
There are a lot of things going on right now that's focused more on the creature than serving the creator. God's not going to be standing for that very much longer. He is going to rise up in his fury, his fury, not ours, and he is going to, the wrath of God is going to be revealed. See, that's in the book of Revelation 2. We don't like to really think a lot about that, but how is the wrath of God going to be revealed? That's another, another lesson altogether, but he is not going to stand. He cannot stand the way man does. It, even in the book of Numbers, it says God's not a man that he should lie. The opposite of that or the other side of that coin is man lies, right? Yes. He recognizes that in his, his nature. He's perfect. He cannot just stand back and not move in action to see his plan come to pass. At the right time, the wrath of God is coming to this earth. And those that are on his side will be protected like the witnesses. And if you're not in that, in that category, you are going to be absolutely consumed by the brightness of his coming. This is a brightness that none of us have ever seen visit this earth, much less visit us as individuals. Who is blessed forever. Amen. Look at that word that's there. Amen. We all know it just stems back all the way to Amon, right? He has, said, he has put his stamp of approval and said, this is coming from my right hand. Where's the right hand? It's at the throne. And then in verse 26, God gives them up in verse 24. Now, it says, for this cause, God gives them up again unto what? Their own vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use unto that which is against nature. And likewise the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burning in their lust one toward another, men working that which is not seen. We all know the rest of the story here. So they're changing truth in, for lies. Now Paul writes to the Ephesians. We know all about the book of Ephesians, right? There's a lot of things that we have seen throughout the years about spiritual warfare, okay? And I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring something up here that we have probably some of us have probably not thought about in um, years. It's just one of those reminders. We need to remember and guard over what we allow to come in through our, our, our eye, eye gate and our ear gate. And I'm relating this to warfare. I'm working on some things with, with, with warfare. I'm studying now, too. We are in a war, a spiritual war, according to Ephesians chapter 6. In the story, I don't care what other voices say about warfare. They can spin it any way they want to. This 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 move this series we're watching, Blind Spot. We're watching how some of the highest levels in government, including the CIA and the FBI, spin a story and twist it to try to cover their own backsides. You can change a story and narrative any way you want to spin it. 
Doesn't mean it's the, the truth. There are ministries, and I'm being generic, but when in, in, in my generalizations, you should remember that do not believe we should be engaged in warfare. You guys remember this years ago? I'm thinking of one person in particular. We need to sound the alarm. We need to let people know that warfare is still very much real. It's different where we're at spiritually because we've matured a lot. Boy, a lot of you have so many crowns on your head, you know, you can't, you know, it's kind of going to topple over because you've gained authority. All of us we have. That doesn't negate the fact that Paul said after the cross many years ago, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We don't fight each other. We're fighting principalities, powers, rulers, right? Where do these people get off going and taking out those verses? Fight. Fighting means fighting. It's, it's battle. It's not just figurative language here. And, and any, any one of us that has been, have warred in the spirit in the past, and even now, man, you know it's real. <laughs> you know it's real. Nobody can tell you that warring in the spirit shouldn't be done because, you know, you can, these, these demonic creatures can cause you to have miscarriages and all this other kind of crap. I'm sorry. The truth is warfare is still very much active. We don't welcome it. We don't go around going, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wage war on this principality. You can't manufacture that. Those hours where we were just, I mean, it was all-out war. We did not manufacture that. The Spirit of God inside us was leading us to do that, right? I'm not saying we go down here and just start naming it and claiming it, blabbing it and grabbing it and Shaking it and baking it, whatever. We, I'm not, we don't do that. But it's, it's really ludicrous to go, How you're a Christian, and we're talking about lies and warfare and every, every uh, battle of the warriors with confused noise and garments rolled in blood. How, what do you do with that? So you're going to tell Isaiah? Oh, Isaiah, I don't think you heard from the Lord there. I mean, I don't think we need to do that. What does that mean? They don't understand it because their spirit has never engaged in it. That's, 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 the, that's the thing. We have loved ones. We have loved ones that are, that are very much born again. We all do. But we all know those same ones are not really going deeper into the deeper things of the Lord. And, and we, we, we desire that they do. Speak the truth and love over them. Because when you speak, you are releasing the seed of the Lord inside them. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to germinate. It's going to grow. So I, I know I'm really hammering this because I know I've got some people that I know right now that I love that are swallowing lies and are associating with ministries that don't believe in warfare. My word to them is get out. Two words. The Bible says don't associate yourself with that. I mean, I'm not trying to be crude here. I'm just... When, when you are... When you are in the agape, you are in God's heart. And that blazing. I, sometimes, and, he, and he, his passion becomes yours. 
you can't there's there's no escaping that i mean you will be engulfed by that and when you're when you're in the agape that's the motivating factor in everything we do speak the truth from the agape where we've been with god in his heart and we felt his passion of what he wants to do we know god is not associated with lies he said i'm not a man and i'm going to lie he's he's associated with truth but we have a responsibility to those around us to speak the truth now whether they accept it or not that's that's on them so i'll move on from there paul says in Ephesians 4 verses 22 through 25 these are interesting terms that are being used here put off the word put off here is it comes from two Greek words apo and tetheme put off concerning the former conversation conversation there literally means behavior of the old man which is corrupt see there's that old man in all of us corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the pneuma of your mind and put on in duo the new man which is after God and we've been created in what righteousness and then true holiness. When we become a new man, and it's not a gender thing, when we become a new creature inside of us, the righteousness of who he is and, and true holiness has become activated within us. And it's up to us to allow that to continue on. But, and then verse 25, Wherefore, putting away apotheme, uh, put away lying. Now, what's, what's interesting here? We all know what tetheme means, right? God ties something into the church. So when he uses this word to apo tetheme, he's saying, I never put this in you from the beginning in when, you were, when, when I thought of you. I didn't think that I was going to put lies in you. You see that? Apo means put away. Tetheme is put in, right? Tithing in. Interesting, right? Now, our corrupt nature has the ability to do that but God never intended from the very beginning for us to associate with lies he's putting it away get it out of you don't don't associate with it but speak every man we need to write a new book called every man Alathia with his neighbor for we're all members of one another let's look at page two now page two we're probably going to spend the rest of the time this is where I spent a lot of time studying in second Thessalonians, or however you pronounce it. Lying wonders and believing lies. Paul writes to the Thessalonians, and he's writing to the brethren, and he says, now we beseech you. Now, beseech there is not parakaleo. It's just another word that means he's, he's requesting to them that they do some things or, or not do some things. By the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the gathering together unto him that you, you be not soon shaken or, and that word there, you see what it means, shaken, he, he did not want them to waver in their mind or in their thinking to the point that they were destroyed or he did not want them to be troubled or to clamor or to be frightened about something, neither by pneuma nor by logos, nor by the letter 
as from us, as that day of Christ is at hand. The day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you. Deceive there means to do to seduce in a, a whole manner. Don't let that happen by any means. Very important. I don't care what I don't care how many people they've got following them. I don't care how many books they've written. It doesn't matter. Don't let this happen by any means. For that day shall not come, though, except there be a falling away. Falling away here, when you look at it, it means a, um, a separation from the truth. And it stems from, I put the Greek term there, apostasy. And if you study that, you, apostasy means a separative influence. It means like a divorcing away from something. So when he says a falling away is going to come, what he's really saying is that there are going to be people that are going to separate themselves from the truth. Man, that's happening all over. God, please help all of us not to be part of that faction. That's the falling away. First, proton. And that man of heart, uh, heart, heart can you pronounce it now? Harmatia, the missing of the mark, shall be revealed. Apocalypto, the son of perdition. Pastor spoke, uh, you know, many months ago about the son of perdition here in this. And the son of perdition is all about creating ruin and loss, destruction. He opposes and he exalts himself above all that is called God, called God, or that is worshipped, so that he is God, sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not? So Paul's getting ready to reflect back, and he's saying, Remember you not when I was yet with you? I told you these things. What's interesting, though, the word for told there is lego. That systematic way of just laying things forth and explaining to them very meticulously and detailed about all this stuff that was going to come. And then he brings in, he, in, in verse 6, And now you know that that which withholds that he might be revealed, Apocalypto, in his time. Now he's bringing in the mystery of iniquity. For the mysterion of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now lets will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be Apocalypto. There's, there's a lot of Apocalyptos here that are being revealed. Whom the Lord... <clears throat> shall consume with the pneuma of his mouth. The enemy is not going to win. I don't care how bad it gets. I don't care how demonically influenced our government gets. God is the one that is in total and absolute control, no matter what it looks like in this natural realm. <laughs> it doesn't... That's why as, as long as we stay committed to prayer and interceding and listening and Stemming, standing, we will, we will make it through whatever's in front of us. And not only that, but he's going to destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs. And here's the line, pseudos wonders. Now, 
I'm not gonna. I'm not covering every little detail here, but we we should remember teachings here. There's a lot of deep revelation in here. We got a lot of opposition. There's a lot of enemy forces. The man of sin, the son of perdition, the wicked being revealed, the Lord coming, consuming brightness. I mean, it's it's like Star Wars all over again, right? It really is. I'm kind of laughing because it's getting real, a little too serious in here, but um, let's keep moving. And with all deceivableness, that word there means delusion of unrighteousness in them that perish. Why is this happening? Because they received not the agape of the aletheia. Everything seems to be coming back to the aletheia. And here is the equating of it coming out of a passionate, pursuing one in the heart of God and in that truth that's there. That they should believe, here's the, here, here it is, believe a lie. And believe there is an action verb. Pistis is the noun form. So anytime we're talking about believe in this, in this context, it's an actionable thing. That's why I said earlier, we, we say we, we have faith, you know, and then we, we don't, there's no action behind it. This type of belief is actionable. If we say God said to do this, God's called us to be intercessors, then by God, we need to be interceding, right? We should be actively doing that, not just talking about it. Well, I've written 15 books on it. Well, that's fine, but let's, let's intercede. Let's actually do it. That they may, might be damned who believe not the aletheia. But here's another factor. They had pleasure in unrighteousness. That's an interesting phrase there. But we are bound, Paul says. We are under an obligation to give Eucharistia always to Theos for you. Boy, he just, I mean, he unloaded on that. I mean, all this insight, and then he comes back full circle, and he says, you know what? But you know what? We are bound. We are obligated to speak about the good grace of the Lord always to God for you, brethren beloved of the Lord, because... God hath from the ark a chosen you to salvation. This is interesting here. Through the sanctification of the pneuma, the hagiosmos of the, of the pneuma, and pistis of the truth. Very, very interesting two things here. Can we sanctify ourselves? I mean, that's, that's really a, kind of a weird question. How does sanctification really work in what we just read? It's by the breath of God. The sanctification of the pneuma and the belief of the aletheia. There's the pistis. There's the noun form. What we believe is something that's internalized. Wherefore, he called you by our gospel to obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast, stecco. Be, be that one that is stationary, that, that's, that's immovable. Be that one that perseveres and 
hold the traditions. Hold there is is from is the word krateo from kratos. Interesting. So hold to those things that that have come from the power that's from the throne. Those traditions, that's what we hold on to, right? Not the traditions of man, but the the kratos that comes from the throne. I think that's interesting, don't you? Which you have been taught. Now he's getting specific about that have been taught by word or by our epistle. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, who has loved us, loved us and has given us everlasting paraclesis and good elpis through charis. And then he fi- finishes it up and he says, comfort your hearts, parakaleo your hearts, and establish you in every, every agathos word and work. Man, there's so much there, but bring it back to, got about five minutes left, about the lying wonders and believing lies. People are gulping lies these days. I mean, they're not drinking Kool-Aid. They are gulping it. My mouth wide open, ears wide open, and just believing in in, in any and everything. Now, I'm going to finish up on the, on the next page. John encountered some things in the Spirit in Revelation that speaks of people that make lives. Revelation 21, 22 through 27. And John says, I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city... And that refers back to Revelation 21, 1 and 2. The new Jerusalem had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it. And the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light. And the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and honor of nations into it. And there shall no wise enter into anything that defiles anything that's considered to be corrupt or profane neither whatsoever works abominations those that are actively doing disgusting idolatrous things or anyone that's making a pseudos anyone that has been associating themselves and engaging in falsehoods but they that are written in the lamb's book of life making lies this show, Blind Spot, the CIA, involved in murderous things all over the world, not just in the United States, all over the world, covering up, making lies to deceive. And then John says it one more time here in Revelation 22, 14 through 21. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they might have the exousia or right to the tree of life and may enter into enter in through the gates into the city for without are dogs it's kind of interesting here this is the only animal like thing that's mentioned here i know dogs can be equated to people so that's sorcerers whoremongers murderers idolaters and whatsoever loves and makes a lie there are people that love making lies and that's the word phileo 
Jesus says, I've sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root, the offspring of David, the bright morning star. Spirit and the bride say, come. You guys know the rest of the story. Don't add. Don't take away. If you do, you're dead, basically. I mean, you, you, you're just going to be uh, uh, not being able to participate in the new Jerusalem. And then he says, I leave my grace with you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. And he seals it by saying, Amen or Amen. So, I did that in record time. We skipped some, but that's okay. So, you bet. Yeah, it's at that point where we can become shaken, where we can start to waver, or we can get so troubled that we, and, and we, we felt that to some degree, but, you know, the, the days that are, that are coming are. I just think sometimes we think these warnings come to the weak ones. Yeah, they don't. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he started off by saying brethren and beloved, and I mean, that's all language that we're, we're familiar with. He, he's just speaking to us loud and clear, so. Good points. Mark? Yes, ma'am. I think our best safeguard against not believing lies is knowing the truth and studying to know the truth and, and you know everything that the Lord has released into this house. Believe it. And um, when we have that inside of us where it can't be shaken, when we have that So true. Mm-hmm. One thing that I, I've been doing recently <clears throat> is, you guys probably do this too. I, I tend to do it more frequently because as I'm reading, I'm asking questions as I'm reading. And so what I've started to do with those internal questions is to start putting them in a document, a frequently asked questions type thing. Um, like, how can, how can someone get to a point where they believe a lie? It's not like they wake up one morning and go, hmm, 
It's lie day. I'm going to believe a lie, right? And it doesn't happen that easily. I can. So I've been kind of doing that to rehearse in my mind the truth. You know, what is the truth? I mean, really, if, if, if we walk into that bookstore, we have things that have been uncovered, and they're all, God's always doing this. We, we saw it here just a minute ago. There's like three or four times where the word something being revealed is coming. And when you start talking that language, people that are churchgoers just start freaking out. Oh, everything's already been revealed. No, there's nothing in Scripture. We're not adding to Scripture. We're saying God's freshly saying something from the Scripture to where we're at in our day. I don't know why people can't, why they can't get that. Yeah. Depends on what they're able to see. I mean, and, and God that's the, is key. the only one that can do it. We didn't do this. Right. We did not do this. God revealed it. God opened our eyes. God did that. But it is a seeking heart that receives yeah. it. I think, too, it goes back to, you know, the about <coughs> they exchanged truth for lies mm-hmm. and they worshiped the Creator more than the, the creation. Creation more than the Creator. Yeah. And it, to me, it goes back to 1 Thessalonians, which has been just a signature passage for us this last season, is set your affections on things above, not the things of this earth. And what are we worshiping? And I think, you know, I, there's something in that, that equation that you read about exchanging truth for lies. They worship the, cre- the creation more than the creator. What is your affection set on? Is it set on the things above, on the heavenly things, on the, mm-hmm. the creator? And mm-hmm. that's what we just have to, I mean, the Lord's been And they're, you know, very subtle, very, very cunning, very crafty, you know, the enemy. But um, something I was thinking about, too, is a few seminars back, do you guys remember, uh, it was in this room, um, pastor was teaching about the lying spirits, remember? How the Lord, um, the Lord allowed this type of thing, and that's one of the words I've been studying. So you've got lying spirits that they are they specialize in doing this. I mean, how take for example Saul? He he encountered a a um, a, a raw spirit. That's the, it's all the enemy, but it's a different ugh. it's a different field. It's a different spirit being that is very very convincing. How I think how did they how did the enemy influence in the form of the serpent convince Adam and Eve? To just eat the fruit. I mean, they just heard from God. Don't do this or you'll die. And they did the thing that... So he's he's very crafty. And I don't want to... So there's two things I I readily say. One with that is Adam and Eve. That had to do with getting something that you thought you were missing out on. Because that's kind of how it was couched to Eve that... God God's said. trying to keep this from you, but if you do this, you can have it. So it's immediate gratification. So that's one way I think that you can fall into illusion, and that is seeking the left hand, seeking those things before the time, trying to create your own your own business, right? Making it happen. Now the second mm-hmm. thing I think is um, when we are offended. You know, when when God 
bring something to us, and you know, we like to blame Dennis or someone else that they've done it to us. <laughs> I always blame Dennis. It, 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 it's somebody else's fault. Yeah, right. It's someone else's fault. All right. <laughs> and usually Dennis, but it's someone else's fault. We oh, like, I thought you were going to say Scott there for a minute, but. But you know, we blame other people for our offense, and usually we really think that they're wrong and we're right. And when we stand in that, I believe that opens us up to a point of deception. You know, I think that God has really protected us as he's tried to teach us in this pathway because we've spent 20 years in offense and overcoming that and learning about how do you overcome offense? How do you yield yourself and really humble yourself in the midst of being offended by something, whether it's real or imagined, okay? The ones that are real are the hardest because you really think you have a right to be mad, right? But the point is, right. I think that whenever people are offended, which is what's happening, you know, we've seen during COVID, offense has been one of the, the biggest um, promoted stances. It's okay to be offended because you have a right to be offended. So what happens? Delusion is absolutely just overtaken our country. I'm not saying it's the only thing. I'm just saying I see those two things readily as being um, things that welcome delusion and the believing of a lie. There's probably other things, I'm sure. But those are two gateways, I think. Plus, say the, the agenda also is you have a right to be offended because if you rise up in your offense, that's the only thing that's going to bring real change. And that is the biggest lie. And that's <laughs> where we are as a country. Yeah, it's, it's like true. It's so evil. But that's what Hannah has said that. Well, there, you can't bring any change unless you do something ugly to get it. You know, you have to force the to change. They want to be heard, and to be heard, they have to be, you know, whatever. You mentioned uh, Adam and Eve, and uh, there was that point where they believed in the tree more than they believed in God. So it's the same principle. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. the same thing. And, and Monica was reminding us about there comes a point where we seek the creation more than the creation. Or we think the creation is going to bring that fulfillment. And you're not you're not trusting in so, God to bring it. Yeah, and that's what they Adam and Eve were doing. They they believed the creation. They didn't believe. They, the they believed in the tree. That, though, but the enemy was there to tell them that. Next yeah. it didn't yeah. just happen in their own. They did. <laughs> that's a good chapter. <laughs> yeah. They did believe a lie. Right. That's that started. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So we. Uh, I mean, it's an, it, that's the, the first two people on earth, and you look at it broadly and. Nothing's changed. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's changed. Except they were with God all the time. I mean, they yeah. really had that connection. They still did it. Yeah, and, and, and we have the physical presence of God, or excuse me, the spiritual presence of God and the spiritual presence of the demonic. And we feel them both, right? So, I mean, in the, in the broadest of terms, it's nothing's just changed. Yeah. Uh, all of these years, all these generations, all of the applications and details are different. However, nothing's changed. Yeah. But the beautiful thing is God has given mind. us the truth. Mm -hmm. He has taught us line upon line. That's what I keep thinking, like, just from yesterday from prayer time. It's like we have got to apply all that he's taught us line upon line. We have to. That is our lifeline is to apply these principles that are of truth. And they're in us, like you said. I mean, those seeds are in us. And that that 
is our survival. You know, one of the verses that, that Mark brought up said giving us, um, I guess it was righteousness and true holiness. Well, think about that. That's aletheia and holiness, restoration. So what brings restoration? What brings change in our life? Truth. Truth! <laughs> and the pursuit of it. I was gonna. I was gonna say this. Um, I didn't mention this, but we all know Isaiah twenty-eight very well. And Monica just mentioned about the line upon line, stammering lips, the rest, the covenant with death, hell, um, and with hell you made an agreement. And it says, "And you shall come unto us, for we have made lies our refuge." That's that's built in there, and and all of that. Is this connected with lies? What does the word, what does refuge mean? I mean, I know, uh, you know the, broad the, terms, I don't the, know. The shelter. So you make shelter. lies your shelter. Yeah. But that is in Isaiah 28. All of that passage that we've read through the years. And then there's some others that are just, um, the the one about the, uh, the, the, the battle of the warrior, confused noise, yeah. garment trapped in blood. There, that, there's, the context includes lies as you keep reading through. Just, but like you said, we we we've got the truth. We've got the truth. <laughs> Bringing another song there, but isn't it interesting though? I mean, you 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 got the influence of music even way back before 1987. But I was just thinking about that, you know, how music plays a very important part of what we do and who we are. And you got groups like this, so. I just want us to rise up in, 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 this, in this time frame and speak his truth because it will absolutely expose all the lies. No matter where we are, whether, I'm, whether Les is in his office with a client and he's having a meeting or whether I'm in a prison and I've got murderers all around me, wherever we're at, we speak truth. I mean, we don't speak in King James, but we still speak truth I mean the enemy I, I'm just so amazed at how the enemy he he's he's bold as a lion too demonically he, he he's I have a right I mean they, they're getting pretty fierce right so why not why not speak the truth why can't we and and and, and this these are some things that, that were, were in the church as and this, I know we're done. The days of Ananias and Sapphira are upon us. God's going to recognize people that are lying to the saintly wind. And, he's, and he equates it to lying, not to man, but to God. Ananias falls dead. His wife comes in, tries to cover it up. She dies. That's the type of judgment that's coming to people and places.